words appear. The email addresses and groups mentioned in this program are no longer available. The Blind Handyman Group does exist in its new incarnation on groups.io. To join, send a blank email to blindhandyman plus subscribe at groups.io. That's blindhandyman plus subscribe at groups.io. Alternatively, you can join our Blind Handyman Facebook group. Links will be in the description box below. Recorded at the Little Ranch House on Southwood Drive right here in Lufkin, Texas. This being show number 54, October the 7th, 2003. For the next hour, we're going to talk about building, repairing, and maintaining. All, of course, designed with the blind in mind. Here are the hosts for the Blind Handyman, ladies and gentlemen. Don Shaw. <laughs> What's going on, Mr. Tom? How's it going, buddy? Uh, going good, man. Don Patterson is with us today. Good yes, to have sir. you. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> You're really energetic Yo, today. Yeah, I am. Boy, I'm telling you. My name's Tom Houston, by the way, but here he is, ladies and gentlemen, the creator and producer of the Blind Handyman Show. <laughs> this is none other than the aging Phil Parr. Aging. <laughs> he, said it. he said it a while ago, ain't it? 63 is profoundly old. <laughs> and that's what I'll be this Sunday, uh, day after you hear this show. On October 12th, I'll be 63. Man, that is really. God, that's old. You yeah, think sounds, about it. sounds old on one hand, but then on the other hand, you've still got two more years before you can retire. When you're going on 59, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound too No, right. you don't mean you've already retired. I've already. <laughs> I did. I retired a long time. But I, I, I guess if you're you're 61 now, I guess if you're 61, it doesn't, it, doesn't sound so old. Doesn't does doesn't sound it? too bad. No, yeah. it doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> it will in a couple of years. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just somehow about 63 just sounds old. you your sixty wasn't too bad. It just seemed like being sixty wasn't wasn't anything true. But sixty three, man, that's just ought to be in a home somewhere or something. 
There I knew goes. that was I knew that was going to happen. It always happens. Let me see it this. Does. <laughs> That's Tom Fussell right there. Oh, put him, well, put him, well, put him, well, just him. Put him, just latch him. Put him, put him on the good idea. Okay, let's turn him up. All right, Fuss. Yeah. We're on the air now. Don't cuss. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're coming through the you're coming through the board now. We're doing a blind handyman show. We thought we'd just put you on the air. You didn't care. Hello, everybody. How are y'all out there? <laughs> In radio labs. What? Uh, are you on the way? Yeah, so I'm coming through Corrigan right now. All right. Well, I'll see you in a minute. Okay. All right. Bye. 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 <laughs> what a deal. Yeah, Boy, he's now. gonna come and uh, look at the, the, uh, look at some things. I better not say what. What he's looking at, uh, Just some so he doesn't insurance. change anything. Some insurance claims. Oh, he's not going to change anything. It's me that does that. Oh, okay. He's looking at a board, trying to fix a board for me. Oh. Wow. So, anyway, he'll be, well, that's our in, our engineer, Tom Fussell. Yeah. He's itinerant. 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 If he tuned in 99.5, when he got here, he could hear us, couldn't he? He could. <laughs> anyway, we're, this is show 40, what, 50 what, Tom? Oh, let's see. 54. 54. Car 54, where are they? Yeah. Car 54, yeah. where are they? Where are they? Where are Where are they? I didn't say that. Where are they? Anyway, show 54. I saw something on the... Oh, let me say hi to Effie Wade. She's not Effie Wade anymore. She's Effie uh, something else. Anyway, she's lived in Galveston. Don and I went to school with her. I was in the class with her. They like, put me back, held me back a year, couple of years. Uh, she's living up in... Uh, Gilmer. 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 Gilmer, which is right, not that far from Tyler. And uh, anyway, call me, Effie. I'm in the phone book in my name. Give me a call. We'll... Talk a little bit. We, I saw her. I knew her when I was a radio station in Texas City. And uh, what else? Oh, there was a blind guy uh, on the list today who wanted to. Did you see this, Shaw? He wanted to feed internet radio to his stereo. And he went to Radio Shack. It's about 50 feet. He went to Radio Shack. And they said not to use 50 foot of wire. And they wire, said not to it? use 50 feet of wire between your computer and your stereo, that it was a fire hazard. Yeah. Well, that that's that wrong. Yeah, I can't that's... understand oh, why they wasn't trying to sell him an IROC. Well, I don't know why nobody I thought of the IROC. Well, I have one. <laughs> <laughs> that you can buy a real cheap huh? package. <laughs> a little check. You don't want you, you don't like your IROC. No, I haven't anymore? used it in a while. Oh. In fact, I'm not sure where it is. So. Well, anyway, an IROC transmitter will do what you want to do, and that absolutely. is feed your. Huh? I said absolutely. Uh, not, a, but it's not a fire hazard if you want to run 50 feet of wire through your uh, attic. That's not, it's not a fire hazard. And probably no loss. So, no, no, I've got stuff running from, with, from. Oh yeah, you got lots of wires. I got stuff here, running man. from here to the house, from here to my chair. Yeah, yeah. which is would be how far? Three hundred feet at least. Yeah, a good way. There'd be so. no loss. What? There'd be no loss. I mean, it'd be if you ran long enough, it'd be a little loss. But don't worry about it. Get an IROC transmitter or splice two of those twenty-five foot things together and go with it, and don't let them tell you it's a fire hazard. Why would they got radio shows? I don't know. That, that, that sounds My strange. My goodness gracious. That is weird. And fire hazard. And someone said they had the Veronica transmitters on sale this month, too, as we speak. Now, they're, they're supposed to be even better than the IROCs, aren't they're they? They're supposed to be. Yeah, I think I was saying, I don't know brand names, but even it seemed like I was reading in a magazine the other day about doing TV the same way now. You can run a TV wireless off of another, I have seen that some somewhere. Some of this satellite, you know, like where they, if you have a satellite and you want three TVs, they'll give you three controllers. But then for the fourth TV, you could have you this could run it just transmitter. Off of, yeah, yeah. 
That, really? That's pretty yeah. cool. You'd have to change the channel, and obviously, you know, whichever master <coughs> TV you yeah. use. Yeah. But, I mean, you yeah. could watch it in another room. Oh, sure you could. All right. In other words, it'll, it'll, it'll feed the picture to yeah, this. To, I, yeah. It well, that's in, cool. And, and I'm not – and also uh, – uh, while we're talking about remote stuff, I, 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 uh, in Sears, believe it or not, I know I know our hard feelings towards Craftsman, but they are pushing a cell, I mean, a cordless phone that you put in your garage and it's supposed to work way away from your house. I mean, you, you, if the base, you know, it rings louder, it's for it's a shop phone. Like a super wireless Yeah, phone. 76 bucks. Really? But it, it's supposed to work a further distance from its base. Did you get one? Uh, no, I did not, because uh, I'm going to have the garage wired, I think. You'll have a phone out there. Yeah. And also, you know, the garage, it, they haven't bored the slab haven't for you. The slab That's right. That's already paid for. You're not saying well, I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't pay for it, but. You're not saying anything yeah. until he does. Concreteless right. garage. Floor. Anyway, they run that to your, to your, and don't worry about the Internet radio. Tommy has email for us, right? Uh, yes, sir. And today we're going to open up with a guy from Australia. This fellow's name is Haroon Probst. Yeah. P-R-O-B-S-T is the way he spells his name. Yeah. So I hope I'm saying it right. It says, hi, I just wanted to know about how to work out how to build an antenna for my scanner, which covers everything from about 150 kilohertz to 2.3 gigahertz. I understand that it would be almost impossible to make one that would cover such a wide range, yeah. but I would love to try building something which would do the job. The other problem with the thing is that because of some high-powered FM music stations being around the place, I'm finding harmonics of the damn things all over the bands. Is that the scanner, or can I use some kind of notch filter uh, to get rid of the 88 to 108 megahertz band? It's a lot to ask, I know, but can anyone help? Thanks. Arun from Australia. Well, his scanner doesn't scan down. What would he be scanning down there for anyway? I don't know. Maybe they use different parts of the bands over there. Moment, you, Haroon. Uh, oh, pretty good little ways. Why would he be scanning down the FM band? I guess the station's probably got some harmonics. I don't know what the government control over there is, but here in the United States, your harmonics can only be up so much. And if you report them long enough, they'll, you know, they're supposed to have harmonic traps that keep out. Um, harmonics the fm stations are and i guess you could report them in the fcc with their track record would probably well, they, two probably years. the fcc would probably come as close to helping him as they do us yeah, yeah you know, so. to report it to our fcc <laughs> yeah, and uh, they they are fcc in 10 or 12 years they'd probably get right on it wouldn't they Tom, the engineer, just missed the antenna question, didn't he? Well, some kind of loaded antenna, but I don't know what bands he's trying to hear. That would be a tough range to cover, though, trying to work all that in. That's a wide range of frequencies there, isn't it? 150 kilohertz to 2.3 gigahertz. My goodness. That's quite a scanner. An antenna didn't come with it? You need some kind of a loaded loaded antenna, some kind of antenna with a coil on it, I would think. But I don't know. We have hams here with us. Maybe did anybody on the list answer that? I would think you'd lose some a lot somewhere on some of the frequencies. Yeah, they talked a little bit about it, and yeah, that you was kind of the conclusion that you'd be losing. You couldn't cut an antenna for all those frequencies, for, could you? On the way, it's just too much area to try to cover with a single type single of antenna. Type of antenna. All right. Well, we we certainly didn't help him like the car talk no, guys. <laughs> the car talk guys have decided that they don't really have to help anybody. All they have to do is field the questions, and they can put them up on their website, and somebody else will answer them. So maybe that's what we'll end up doing. <laughs> that's, that's what we need to start doing. Isn't yeah. it? Okay. Hello, gentlemen. My name is Kevin Chen. I, I live in Peoria, Arizona, a suburb of Phoenix. Uh-huh. I'm a totally blind individual. I've been blind since I was about 30 years old. I went blind from diabetic complications. 
On your September 23rd show, there was discussion on framing and how the plates are slotted and bolted down. I, in my younger days, owned a construction business that raised and moved houses and other buildings. When I started lifting the house, most of the times the plates would be bolted down. Some plates were slotted, but I believe that the slot also assisted in the carpenters lifting the wall and getting it in place. Depending on how long the frame wall or how long the framed wall was, it could take, let's see, I lost my place here. I don't know how long the framed wall was. Could take, take from one or two guys to many people to heave the wall and get it placed on the foundation and in place. Uh, slotting the plate allowed for a little leeway in getting the framed wall in place. Most times, if the plate only had a bolt hole cut through, it probably meant the wall was built on the foundation. Yeah. Possibly new construction, either brand new or additions. I, in my life, have worked on a lot of houses, some very nice and some very bad. I've been under houses that you were actually between the floor joists because the house was so low to the ground. Whoa. So it could be lifted for either a basement or a foundation. Once the house was lifted enough, uh, we would have either a bulldozer or a front-end loader dig the basement or foundation. Then the cement work was done, and we would lower the house back onto the foundation. Now, this could be directly on top of the cement or on top of knee walls. Obviously, between uh, the start and the finish of the job, there was a lot of work and details that were not shared in this post. In raising houses, I've dealt with mean dogs, snakes, rats, <laughs> moles, contractors, <laughs> subcontractors, <laughs> owners, and inspectors, uh -huh. heavy equipment operators. And I must say, while I worked in this business, I met a lot of good people. Definitely slept better than I do now and really enjoyed the work. If you should have any questions on housing raising, uh, I could be contacted, blah, 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 sincerely, yeah. Kevin. And yeah. I've already talked to Kevin about being a future guest on the show. Well, well, he'd be a good one. He, he will he be a good one. To, he seems to absolutely understand what he's talking about as far as. Yeah, uh, they do it. Yep. You know, we had had that discussion here, and, I, and mm. you were right about mine. They did. They laid the outline. They laid the base plates first, and then they built their walls. Yeah. Uh, like I say, in a lot of I have maybe I've worked around too many frame houses up on blocks where we we stood the walls. We built the whole wall on the ground, yeah. and it's odd what he's talking about lower houses. You know, remember my dad's little rag laundry that he had, his little shop towel uh -huh. uh, that was about a 24 by 24. Started out as a little frame building built by Sears and Roebuck in probably 1950, and at some point in his career and time. <clears throat> He wanted to take it off the blocks, pour a concrete slab, and lower the building, and that's exactly what we did. We jacked it up wow. with house jacks, tore the floor out and all of the floor joists, poured a concrete slab through. Actually, the, they ran their chutes through the door of the building. We built our forums where the building was. We raised the building about three feet. We poured a concrete slab and lowered and put the bolts in place and lowered the building down. And, and set the building and down set, on it. And set the building down on it. What yeah. a project. And, uh, yeah, it was my dad and my uncle and uh, I guess a couple of hired hands and myself. I was just wow. this is This is the one you told me about where the guy driving the cement truck said, you guys ain't going to make it. Yeah, he, he, got, uh, he, said you, uh, he got in there and helped us a little bit. He thought maybe we were a little in over our heads and probably were. The slab did not turn out too bad. Had a little rough, little rough spots here and there, but yeah. it wasn't too bad. I mean, aren't but this guy can I can you imagine raising a house enough to drive a bulldozer under that son of a gun? <laughs> oh well, you know, think about how they move houses. I mean, big houses. Yeah, I know. You know, I mean, they humongous, huge. See, that's around. most totally blind people cannot grasp or fathom that. 
of them just actually cutting a house in two and picking it up and moving it down the... Really? But they did a lot of that when they built... Uh, on Quincy, where I lived in San Antonio, over behind me, they built a freeway, and they moved a lot of those old old houses. Uh, wow. Uh, took the porches off of them and just... You know, so I got to see a little of that, see a house up on a truck. It just blew me away the first time I saw one, a house up on a big, long flatbed. Man, right. man, what, what a deal. deal. But driving, but raising a house up enough to, to drive a bulldozer under. So this guy, we now have an expert in this thing. In this we're, field. We're house getting, moving. We're getting quite a list of experts in different uh, different things, I guess, uh uh, ask the expert someday, you know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll do a whole other show. Go ahead, Tommy. Okay, dear list members, as I was growing up and as an adult with some residual vision, I was a poor carpenter, at least when it came to driving nails. Now, I bent too many and left enough hammer tracks to suggest that the nail was a watering hole for hammers. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. I like that. <laughs> I was helping a friend on the weekend, and I thought I would try my hand with a framing hammer driving uh, 30 penny nails, which are four and a half inches long. To my yeah. surprise, I did not bend a nail. And while there were a few hammer tracks, my overall performance was much better with uh, no sight than it was years ago with poor sight. My friend and I are constructing a 30 by 20 covered and screened area for picnic tables, a fireplace and grill. Mm -hmm. Overhead, there will be a loft for sleeping bags and a, a cubby of scouts. Oh, man. Or friends who wish to uh, semi, semi rough it. Uh, the location is in the mountains with uh, two mountain streams meeting on the property. Uh, the sounds of those streams are guaranteed to put one at ease. My friend is constructing the building of rough hemlock, uh, which should reduce the possibility of the termite infestation or other wood boring pests, as hemlock does not make their uh, favorite menu. We also found out how handy a small powered hand plane can be. It was much easier to take off some width when a board was too wide. We hope to get the roof on before winter sets in, even though we only work on the project on Saturdays, weather and schedules permitting. Yours truly, Clifford Wilson. That's well, where does Clifford live? Did you say Clifford Wilson? I did not. Tennessee, say. maybe, uh, or one of those states up in there. Yeah. Uh, I don't. See Reminded me, Phil, of the deal you were talking about building a little, the shelter at one time. As oh, which I'm going to do over my fire pit out front. There. Eventually, one of these days, I'm going to get some money. I'm going to do that. Um, but I think we're going to build. We're talking to these partners, boys. I've got. We're talking about building a stage over at the baseball field this winter. That'd be another deal oh, there, wouldn't it? Off, building about. us a stage and have a place to play, you know, set up our stuff. And uh, yeah. Anyway, it's gotten into quite a deal. Now they want to build a roof over John, over my father-in-law's uh, camper. So I think it was over $5,000 worth of lumber. I told him if the law firm would pay for it, we'd build it, boy. I mean, <laughs> see, I, y'all, if y'all y'all are going to go up against Coy Buchanan, I guess I want the catfish fried franchise. You're going you're to do that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that sounds that would that would probably work. You know, that it probably would. Fly on you think it would? It was hot the, dogs the Southwood hot dog stand, right? Uh, <laughs> on Fridays and Saturday yes. nights. No, we're not going to do it over there. I wish I could, if I could find a place. I tried to interest this guy down here at the club in, in putting in a place where we could play on Fridays and Saturdays. He didn't think it was a good idea. Who, the, the Destin, the guy at Romans. i got a feeling that club's going to be a ghost town pretty soon. We, we drove by Well, no, there. They're, they're gone. It, they're they're, gone. He, oh, he's out of there. He's oh, gone. their history. So he's yeah. Yeah. Man, he's that place where we played. He's out of there. What a deal. Well, you know, can you imagine... No, no, not how we got on this subject, but that right down the road from where he was going broke that you could see with your own eyes. You wouldn't have to be a skilled restaurateur to know he wasn't going to make it. And they opened up the other Italian place 
that's probably not going yeah, to do I, well. I can't, I can't go because yeah. I, because I, I like Destin too much. I can't, I can't uh, do. I'm gonna turn Tom's mic up just a little bit. Oh, okay. Now, you are, are you close to your mic? Oh, uh, well, I am now. Yes, you sir. are now. Okay, well, it seemed like I, could, I couldn't hear you. So For I'm... some reason, it doesn't seem to be in my face like it was last week. It know? doesn't. No, it doesn't seem to be as close to Well, it's as far up as it was. I kind of... Any, uh, anyway, in our mean. email there was from, what was the fellow's name that wrote? Clifford that? Wilson. Clifford. Yeah, Clifford Wilson. Yeah, I was just going to mention that, that uh, after we have our house finished and... Uh, we built the extra garage, but it's my hope to go out in the back someplace. Like I said, we have three acres, and I would like to build uh, an outdoor kind of a summer house, I call them. That's what we had at the blind school, the yeah. summer house. Except I want to tell you the advantages of the tall roof. I have right currently in a house that I, where I'm living now that I did own, and now I rent. Uh, there is a, like a shed. It's like on a, goodness, 20 by 30 slab, concrete slab, but it's like 12 feet tall. It sure is. The ceilings, and I'm telling you, it's cool. Most times, even in the hot summer, without a fan, you get always get a little breeze. So rather than building a little 8-foot type structure, I'd like to build 10 or 12 feet. You think I'd build it about 12 feet Mm -hmm. tall? And And, and, uh, just have open air and then maybe a fireplace, either a fire pit in the center or a corner fireplace would be nice. Yeah. Picnic tables and... Yeah, well, we got you. your picnic tables. Yes, we'll <laughs> we're ready. We're for actually you. ready for one. <laughs> for a picnic table? Yeah, we took our chairs, some plastic chairs, out to the place, and little we bought a little barbecue, a little round one like y'all have, a real small little Weber, small Weber, Weber kettle. kettle. Yeah. 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 So y'all are cooking out there? hot dogs there one night. Had the twins out, you know, the grandkids. So kind of, that's Emily said y'all had moved out we to the slab. We just kind of moved out to the slab, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, we got, uh, who's our, Peter, Pete Mikachek, who uh, I think we The polka guy, right? Yeah. We've he's had him on before. Guy. We're going to talk about polkas, and what's he going to talk about? <laughs> Computers now? today. Computers today. That'll be a good thing. We'll be back with more of the Blind Handy Men in just a minute. We've done 10 Blind Like Me shows. We're having one little problem. You can help us with it. We always need guests for both shows, and we sometimes have a problem finding them. If you'd like to be a guest on either show, or you know someone who might make a good interview, email us at one of the following addresses. Blind Handyman, all one word, at hotmail.com, or Blind Like Me, all one word, at txucom.net. 
Also, if you have ideas for future shows, include them in your email. We look forward to hearing from you. And please tell your friends about the show. Thanks again from all of us at The Blind Handyman and Blind Like Me. is the blind handyman be sure and tell a friend about the program and email us often blindhandyman at hotmail.com now here is more of the show with don shaw we're back with a guest we've talked to here on the show a couple of times before talked about things like framing and building on rooms and all kind of good things uh pete mikachek how are you doing today pete hey don Good to have you back on the show again, man. Talk about some computers this time, huh? Computer stuff, yeah. Now, yeah. You, where, are you, where are you? I've forgotten. Where are you? Uh... Right now, I'm in Manhattan, right in the heart of Midtown Manhattan, apartment sitting at a friend's place. And oh, yeah? while I'm here, doing some, um, going around doing some computer repairs. Mm. Did he leave the liquor cabinet open? Yeah. <laughs> That's, it's always a big thing. It's empty, though, now. I'll take Manhattan. The Bronx and Staten Island. I love man. We we spent a week up there, and uh, I, I know that a lot of people noisy, and and it's a bad place to live. I loved it. Oh, I had a wonderful time. You it, know, it's uh, one of the most blind friendly places. I mean, just on this block, there's so many stores, different things to do. I mean, I can get anything I want to get. Just wander down the road. It's yeah. really easy to get around and. And New Yorkers, as like we in Texas, we go to the grocery store once a week and stock up on stuff. New Yorkers, we saw, come on the way home, we'll stop at a little green grocer and get what they want for supper, take it home and cook it. Yeah, it's because you don't have, nobody has a car, so you can only yeah. carry what you can carry, right? I just, I loved it. I had a, I had a big corned beef sandwich at, at Carnegie Deli and sure. I rode the Staten Island Ferry and rode the subway and it just you know just seemed like if you were if you're a blind guy by yourself it'd be the place it'd be to the live. Place to live yeah, I would yeah. it's really it's 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 a lot easier to make money and to yeah. do different things, find people, and just go out and uh, you can get around. Get to get around. Too. That's the big thing. It's real easy to get around. Man, and some of those street musicians made me ashamed of myself. You know, uh, there's a lot of really good ones in the subway. Man, really? Some of those on the subway <laughs> and on the street. Something. Just yeah. knocked out guys playing jazz, all kind of stuff on the... You so know. you just go down to get on the subway and you'll hear some musicians playing sometimes. You bet. Right? There'll be all kind of guys playing in the tunnels. Really? Uh, so Pete lives right there in the city, right? In Manhattan. Yeah, right? in well, actually, I'm, I'm, I, I live out on Long Island, about 100 miles from the city. I'm just mm -hmm. here in the city right now. Okay. But I, uh, I used to live in the city for a long time. I, I worked in Manhattan for many years at the Trade Center. I think it comes in... Yeah, I was talking about the, the uh, accessibility. I think it comes in about number four in the United States is the best place to live for a blind person. Oh, yeah, um, the AFB list. Yeah, yeah I've, that, I've that heard about that. The American Foundation for the Blind. Oh, yeah. just did wait a little minute, blurb wait a minute. Who, who, who did this list? The American Foundation for the Blind. Did a list of the, mm -hmm. the blind, blind yeah. friendly cities. It's, Actually, they're right around the block from me here. I could walk right, right over to their offices. Uh, uh, I wonder, <laughs> wonder if they. If I just they, did your, for your little show, your other little show. Blind, I did a little. Uh, blind like me. Uh -huh. wonder if they included Lufkin, Texas. Yeah. That's a pretty blind friendly. <laughs> you want me well, to tell you the number one? Yeah, they said friendly blind people are blind friendly. I don't know, Pete. I, I don't know which. What is number one? Charlotte, North Carolina. Really? And really? I was surprised that Las Vegas, Nevada, didn't even make the list because oh. you talk about blind friendly. It's pretty blind friendly. <laughs> it is. It yes. is. No kidding. Oh, excellent transportation. Cabs. Just mass Lots of transit, cabs everywhere. Man. Yeah. 
There'd be a lot of mass transit in uh you know, well, you know what, the best thing deal for a blind guy, and if you had a lot of money, the best thing for a blind guy would be just live at the Galleria in Houston. Because <laughs> everything you want, there's all kind of restaurants. Oh, yeah. It'd be all, anything you'd want right there. It's all undercover. There's a sushi bar. There's several just plain places to drink. There are all kinds of stores, and it's all. But, it, of course, it'd cost you a fortune, but it'd be, that'd be my deal. Uh, maybe my wife will do that for me someday. Let me, anyway. <laughs> we want, what were we, we going to talk about, Jay? <laughs> you don't think so. <laughs> Couldn't see it happen. They're laughing uh, at me, Pete. <laughs> I don't have to take this. What uh, you want to talk? We want to talk about computers. What in what uh, form? Uh, repairing or repairs? Building? I guess that's what Don asked me to talk a little bit about. Repairing yeah, those computer computers. repairs and what blind folks ought to look for in a repair person or going to get their computers repaired or that's whatever. A, they that's need a good to do. thought. Go ahead, sir. I'm sure you got some thoughts on the subject. Well, I, th- I thought more about talking about uh, as, as an option for people who are, are interested in maybe uh, oh, okay. learning to do it or doing it for a living. Or why not? That'd yeah. be good too. Is that what you do? I mean, do you repair? I, for for a while, me and a friend, another blind guy, uh, were uh, had a small business and we built computers, uh-huh. sold them to people. Um, but as the price of computers came down so much that it became hard to compete and not yeah. really worth it, I could say to somebody, you know, you can buy a computer a lot cheaper than I can build one yeah. for you. So, uh, so you would buy cases, power supplies, and motherboards. All the parts. You buy a mainboard, a case, and, and tie and it all, the pieces, all together. Right? And you put them all in the case. You find out what the person wants uh-huh. or what's currently available. The, the hard thing is getting parts. I mean, there's so many parts around, and they change so quickly. Um, yeah. And it's 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 a it's a pretty nice business, but it's impossible to do it without uh, a reader. You really have to have somebody uh, around. They don't have to be around all the time, but definitely there's there's always something new, and there's uh-huh. little tiny jumpers on things, and a lot yeah. of times you you may get used to a part and be able to use it for a while, but parts change all the time. Uh-huh. So you have to uh, you have to have somebody around to read a manual for you. Hard drive uh-huh. jumpers and all kind of things to change. Yeah, a lot of this stuff always stays the same, but but um, yeah, that, that's 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 one thing. It, it doesn't have to be a, a high tech person, um, just just a competent reader, somebody who could look look through stuff. Because of the fast uh, pace of change. Yeah, because it changed because the, yeah. the boards have so many. Uh, 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 a few years ago, all the settings on the boards were changed by moving little pins around on the board. So you had to have somebody that could really read the chart and find the pins. And once you knew the pins, and if you used the same boards over and over, mm-hmm. you, you got to know them after a while, and you could set set up a board in a few minutes by yourself. Well, now, wait, wait a minute. What settings are you talking about to set what, what things? Well, for instance, if, you, if your computer, mm, let's see, uh, to make it simple, okay. if you had a, a, a 600 megahertz computer, right? You bought a computer okay. that said it was 600 megahertz. Okay. Right now they're much higher, but just... Yeah. Okay, Simple so that's example. Good. That's good. A, a main board runs at a certain bus speed. Okay. Okay. So uh, you would buy a main board that runs at a 100 bus speed. Now, main board started at 66. 66 bus speed was a Pentium 2. Then it went up to 100. Then it went up to 133. Okay. Yeah. So you have a main board that runs at a bus speed of 100. And if you want to use a CPU that's a 600 megahertz CPU, then you have to... Set the jumpers on the main board to multiply six times 100. So you have to set these jumpers to say, okay, I want to put it on settings so it's number six. So it's six times 100 equals 600, and that's a six. And then 
I would buy a 600 CPU and stick it in that motherboard. Okay. If I wanted to use that same motherboard for a 500 CPU, then I'd set the multiplier to 5, so it'd be uh, 5 times 100. And okay, so you had to tell the motherboard what, what you're putting in, what you're putting in, so that it would work with that chip. Now, a lot of times, oh. people, what they do is, and a lot of unscrupulous manufacturers will set the jumpers on the boards higher than the actual CPU that's in there. You know, so you may you may see when the computer starts up, it says it's a 600 megahertz computer. But if you took the whole computer apart and took the CPU out and looked at it, it may only be a 500 megahertz CPU that they pushed up. They call it overclocking. Okay, yeah. And yeah. You can overclock a computer, but it, it makes the computer get kind of hot. <laughs> you have to have physical... And a stronger fan in the computer to cool it down. And it's really not the greatest thing, but... And you would have no... There would be no advantage. The chip only runs as fast as it runs. Well, it'll run. It'll process everything a little bit quicker because the, the, the real thing is the chip speed is relative. It's not exact. Okay. Uh, and so you can push a chip to go a little bit faster, but it's not not that good an idea. And it, it, it doesn't improve the... Yeah, the only reason people do it is so... Uh, it looks like you're buying a bigger computer than you're actually buying. Uh-huh. Because you could buy a 500 megahertz chip a lot cheaper than a 600. You know, a thousand. Now they're up to 3,000. And, and so when you're reading what your chip speed, you're not actually reading the chip speed. You're reading what the board is set at. What the board is set at. Right? Oh, okay. Right. Well, I, to really I, see the chip speed of the chip, you have to just take it out of the machine and it's printed on it. Or there's a code on the chip. And you have to go and figure out what the code means. Uh, what, what the actual speed of the chip is. Yeah. Um, well, I know three or four more other people sitting right here with me that did not know that. Did we? Learn yeah, something. that's interesting. That's like very interesting. To know. See, now, nowadays, nowadays, the newer boards, you put the chip in, and it reads it, and it figures it out. It tells you what it's going to It tells it you what it thinks it, it is. It. So, no, and, and there are, uh, now, now the settings, now, now you have another problem, because the settings now are not physical jumpers on the board, but are... Uh, Software settings that have to be set in the CMOS or the BIOS of the computer, which is another thing you need a reader to read for you because this is when you first turn a computer on, the very first thing it does is it, it checks the memory and there's a little counter up in the corner. Then a split second later, if you hit, uh, uh, on most machines now, if you hit the delete key, a menu will come up on the screen in which you can set um, the different drive types that you have in the machine. Um, all the settings for the machine, um, all the hardware settings. Uh -huh. And this is independent of any operating system. This is just between the main board and the... Yeah, uh, this is back like in, do in DOS. Not even DOS. It's not even, we're not even that far yet. Not even that far yet. You're just telling the computer what's actually in there and how you want it to run. Okay. If you want to use plug-and-play, you can tell it, you know, I'm going to be putting an operating system that has plug-and-play, and you can decide whether you want... The operating system didn't make the decisions about uh, each each um, each card in a computer, like the video card, the sound card, uh -huh. the modem, the network card, runs on things called interrupts. Yeah. Okay. Is there, is there any part of this menu that a screen reader would read, Pete? No. Not no. even like Midas or nothing. Nothing. I think uh, some people read it with an Opticon. Yeah, I've, uh, cause okay, you can, you can do that. But, you can but, do it. I know a few people that do it. Okay. But if you wanted to, if you were make, doing enough computers, you could hire a minimum wage guy or girl to That's do it. That's all you need. 
That's, That's all you need. You, need. Somebody you don't need to read it in person. You can right. tell them where to set it. You just need them, them to read it to you. Right. And the thing is, a lot of these a lot of these screens come up, and they're, they're different on different main boards. But you get a feel for uh-huh. what you want. You know what you're looking for. You know you gotta, you know you want to find the thing. You want to turn the USB on, so you've got to go through the list. And they, they just really read the items, and they go down all these items until you find what you want. You okay. tell them, right, I know a little on. bit about interrupts, but go, let's go back to that. Tell us about interrupts. Interrupts. Okay, so uh, the way a computer works is by interrupt. This is uh, what IBM invented a long time ago, is when something needs attention, it puts up a flag and then it gets attention. So when you hit a key on the keyboard, it sets the interrupt and it, and it goes on. So it, yeah. it, it sees that. So each item has a different interrupt. The time, the clock on the machine has an interrupt. The keyboard has a, a number associated with it. In the old days, the serial port, serial port, Two yeah. was interrupt th- number three, serial port. Yeah. One was interrupt number four. Uh, the printer is on interrupt number seven. Okay. Uh, you can tell the computer in the CMOS what interrupt to use for what. Uh-huh. Um, it, it'll default to many. Uh, like it'll put the video card on interrupt 11. Now, if you put, a, if you put like a blank diskette in your computer and turn it on, it will try to load... An operating system from the diskette. Yes. But if there is none there, it'll just stop. Okay? But what you'll see on the screen, okay, is a list of all the components in the computer and a list of what interrupts certain things are set on. So you can see the computer, uh, the main board has set the video card on interrupt number 11. Okay. It set the USB port on interrupt uh, number 10. Uh huh. Okay? And there's a whole list of them, depending on what it puts a sound card, usually on number five, interrupt number five. But that's not helping you because you can't read that. Well, you have to get somebody. That's Actually, where the reader uh, comes it, in, in some cases, you can read it. If you have a, um, now, now see, things are changing again. In the old days, you could put um, a, a DOS diskette in, a DOS, with, with DOS operating system with a, Simple. I, I always use a double talk and a uh, copy of Vocalize. Yeah. And just have it come up and load Vocalize right away so nothing else goes on the screen, nothing scrolls off. And I can read all this information on the screen. Okay, so I, yeah. I have a, a diskette set up with just a, a simple command com dot start. Yeah, up to start and, Vocalize and, 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 and then and you can read it. Just okay. some, a couple of little Vocalize files, just enough all to right. get it to speak. And, yeah. um, and then I can read this, this stuff off the screen. Which is good because then, after I've loaded Windows, okay, and if Windows is not working right, or if I'm having trouble with Windows, or if the machine locks up, or if it's not really working as well as it could be, I'll go into uh, the control panel, then down to system, and then click on the device manager, and you get the list of all the devices. Yeah. So I'd go down to device manager, and I'd look, and I'd see, I'd open up the display adapter, and then put the name of it under it, I'd highlight that, click on properties. Okay, then it, then the tabs you get are like general driver and resource. Uh-huh. I go over to resource, and there would be a list there, and it would say resource. It would say the card is set on interrupt number twelve. Now I know from looking at the main board that the main board wants to put it on interrupt number eleven, and I see that Windows doesn't always do really the best thing. So I, I would go in there and I change it. I say, okay, put this on eleven. Now. When, when you build a computer that way, when you put that kind of time in to make sh- make everything match, the machines run so nice. Yeah. They start right up, uh, but it takes a lot of time. To do they don't that. lock up as many. You don't get all those fatal errors. Right, right, right. Or if you get a sound card that's not working, it, it's, it's 
almost always something like that. The interrupt's not matching what the machine thinks it is. But, but you just can't make it uh, building computers because Dell can build thousands of them so much cheaper than you can. Yeah, well, that's the yeah. thing. That's the thing. I mean, you can still get people that want, that are willing to pay money for a computer that's really nicely made, or that's in a case, or, you know, they'll buy a computer from you because they want you there for tech support. Uh-huh. So they're not really buying the computer, they're buying you. Well, that was going to be one of my questions, like if you, especially here locally, in fact, Phil and his his wife had some computers made, and it was kind of on that deal, too. The guy is also here kind of going to be there for That's why she did it. And she, they were talking uh, five or six computers for her. Right. So it, so that that's really, that, you know. Well, did you ever get, are you into the maintenance, or were you, like, have a little business with five or six? That, did you take care of them for them, or? Right. Oh, yeah. If somebody bought uh, one of our machines, we'd take care of it forever. But, see, that was an, another problem with the business is that you really, I mean, the computer computer business is really tough. I mean, the, the, the thing is the hardware, once you build a computer, if you build it right, the hardware will usually run forever. I mean, it's very rare that hardware breaks. But all the calls I always get are all Windows problems. Software. Uh-huh. Jammed up, Windows isn't working, I have a virus, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. and people call in the middle of the night. And, it's, and it gets to be very frustrating because you know there's nothing wrong with the machine, but you know they, they're trying to install something, and they install it three or four times, and it's, you know, they make a big mess, and it's all tangled up. And, the computer does, and all they know is the computer doesn't work. They don't yeah, know if it's Windows yeah. or the hardware, and, and it's, it's tough taking care of Windows problems all the time because it's not a reliable yeah. operating system. It isn't. So it could be a real problem. So many people have said that, that it isn't. And then you got the guy who's done a lot of surfing and been around and has got 3,000 cookies and his cache is full. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and his computer's really, really slow, and he really doesn't slow. understand what has happened to this wonderful computer. You saw me. It's slow. It took, takes me uh, five minutes to load a page. And so, you you know, if you don't right. do that maintenance, they just won't work. It's, we just fixed one for my grandson and preach that all day Sunday. Really? Jer- Jeremy, if you, don't, mm-hmm. if you don't keep the cache clean and keep the, the cookies down and keep those temporary Internet files out, uh-huh. it'll, in, a, in a year we won't have a computer. Yes, Papa, I understand. He doesn't. He right, doesn't. right. It's hard because there's so much junk comes over the internet. I mean, there's pop-ups yeah. all over the place. Oh, yeah, sure. It's really, it's really a problem. And for me, um, I'm almost like a little bit tired. It's like forget it. Yeah. You know, unless you have, it's hard because I deal with a lot of blind people, and it's hard to say, look, I don't call me unless you're going to give me twenty-five dollars a call. But you know, it's it in the real world. It's not really like that. You end up like, all right, all right, what do you want? And then, you, yeah. know, you end up helping people a lot and not... Not making any money for... I had, a friend, I had a friend years ago that had a stereo repair shop, and sometimes this conversation kind of sounds a little bit like this. Yeah, you could sure. never get that hum that this guy could hear that you couldn't hear, but you could never fix the stereo to suit him. You know, there was always something wrong. Keep right, right. Yeah, well, yeah. That, that's, that's always true. You know, there's always going to be people that love you and people that don't like no matter what you do. And you, and computers, uh-huh. would be, computers would be even worse because they're, be. they're cranky animals to begin with. I mean, they're, they're you know, you've well, got Well, actually not. They're not so bad. I mean, you put together a nice machine and it'll run. Yeah. I mean, I have DOS machines that have been running for... I don't know, 15 years, 16 years, still running. They run fine. Yeah. Um, 
Linux runs really nicely. It's just Windows really gets messed up. Man. Well, you know, I was going to ask you your opinion about alternate systems because Microsoft, you know, it's kind of being the big bad wolf again. Yeah. I, I hear today that, you know, they were going to discontinue their Java support. You know, yeah. I think with their ongoing conflict with Sun and... And right. today, I heard on the news that they said they were going to do it for one more year. But, you know, mm. when they do away with that, that's really going to screw up a lot of people's computers. Well, sure. I mean, and, and people like the JFW and um, the Windows, the GW Micro, I mean, they spend a lot of time writing this speech software. And right. then every, the IBM just, I mean, um, Microsoft. Microsoft just comes in and changes everything, and then they're, they're back again. And, and it throws us back. I mean, they... They take away DOS support. Now, Windows 2000, Windows XP has no DOS support. I mean, it'll read DOS files, but it can't write any DOS files. Well, so. then you have to buy XP Pro. You have to buy JAWS Pro to get it to read sure XP Pro. You know. Yeah, that's always something. So, I mean, Linux is really nice. I, I, I started learning, and a friend of mine, um, my computer guru, the guy I go to, who's I, probably one of the best blind guy computer guys in the world, guaranteed, He's written a lot of even pieces for Linux, and um, he's heavily into it. I mean, it's all he uses. At work, he has to use Windows, but otherwise he uses we, We've got a couple people on the handyman list and on the blind like me list that are Linux, Linux users. Folks. Linux users, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it's really nice. It, it, but it, but yeah. it's still, you know, it's still not mainstream, and there's, there's um, I guess it's got a ways to go, but I, I, I encourage him. I, I think IBM is doing a lot with Linux now. I think uh, Dell is going to start their servers. Really? I heard with, uh, with Linux. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's, that's very good. Boy, it would be nice if we could loosen Microsoft's grip on things. They could they'd be a lot better if we if we could take them down a peg or two. You know. You know, uh, one thing I, I was listening to some archive shows, and you had a woman on who was working for Home Depot. Yeah, Linda Justice. Yeah, and she had mentioned that she was been working at Home Depot for many years using an old DOS program, yeah. and it was soon to be converting to Windows. She's and you said, uh, you, you said, oh, that's great. You know, it's, it's about time they modernize. And my heart just sank when she said that. Really? Because I've seen so many people, the old DOS applications just work so well with speech. Yeah. Um, you were on a level with the rest of the workers because everybody was getting the same information. Yeah. As soon as they convert things over to Windows, yeah. uh, she's going to be lucky if it works to begin with at all. Well, you know, are, are you on either one? Of, you're on our list, aren't you? Are you on the handyman list? The, the Yahoo groups. The, sure. Yeah, Linda is on, I think, both lists. She's on the Blind Like Me list. You ought to write her in and get a, a discourse going with her. Um, they're real nice people. They live in Pennsylvania, just right down the road from you, mm -hmm. up the road from you. Linda Justice, she'd, she'd love to hear from you. And I hate that because she loves her job at Home Depot. She's... She's yeah, I really hope when they convert it over yeah. that it is a system that's accessible yeah. to people. Well, she, she has the same functionality that she has now. You know, I've seen it too many times not work out that way. And I, I tell you really what, I'm hurts. thinking about Home Depot. The way she talks, they might hire you to come fix it where it will. Well, if it's possible, that's great. I mean, uh, I'm sure that somebody can do draw scripting for it, or, or yeah. um, ho hopefully. I mean, yeah. but you can never really tell until they. In, until the, the application's done, hopefully before they think about people like Linda before they buy the package. You know, <laughs> not a chance. Yeah, well, you never uh, know. You never but know. I tell you, if as much as as much information as you've given us today, I'd like to meet the guy that's your computer guru. Yeah, well, that guy must that be. That guy's really good. He must be. <laughs> <laughs> we might ought to have him on someday. He oh, also be. another thing I wanted to mention. I've noticed on the the list um, some uh, people sending obvious. 
spam to the list. I mean, stuff that's coming from the people that clearly are not members of the list. And I noticed the uh, list members then responding to those emails. And I just might suggest to them that if you see something come in the list like that, that you just ignore it because when you reply to that email, it'll, it'll bring a cookie it's to you. going back it. to the sender, and that's how they collect emails from people. They, sound out, they send out emails that are so outrageous that you can't help but respond to them. And as soon as you do, even though you're responding to the list, you respond to the list, but you also, that yeah. person's also yeah. receiving it back. Oh, sure, yeah. yeah. Well, well we've, um, we know the moderator, and we can block anything we want to block. <laughs> we, we got the moderator sitting right here. That in my very room. discussion that came up here um, recently. Anyway, we thank you, sir, and uh, we're going to go. And I don't know if we've helped anybody or not, but uh, wow. we've uh, we, we you certainly impressed me. Yeah. Well, anybody yeah. that has needs any questions, well, uh, just put it up on the list and put it up on the list, and you'll you, try sir. to help them. Yeah. Peter Mikachek from uh, today in Long Island. We thank you, sir. Yeah, thank you, man. All right, we'll visit you later, Peter. We'll visit with you in a day or two. Back with more of the Blind Handyman. We're going to talk about stubbing up plumbing in just a minute. And forever we'll grow old and have an eat a so. This street that we walk on full of joy and playful talk. Find smiles and laughing on these cars. The Blind Handyman. Blind Handyman, all lowercase, one word, at hotmail.com. That's blindhandyman at hotmail.com. Contact information. Blind like me. Blind like me. Lowercase, all one word, at txucom.net. That's blind like me at txucom.net. Contact information. Blind Handyman listserv. Blind Handyman dash subscribe at yahoogroups.com. That's blind handyman dash subscribe at yahoogroups.com. Contact information. Blind Handyman at Hotmail.com. Blind Like Me at TXUcom.net. Blind Handyman dash subscribe at YahooGroups.com. Email us often and give us your opinion. If you'd like to be a guest on one of our shows, give us your contact information. This is Phil Parr. We're enjoying putting these little programs together for you. We hope you're enjoying them, too. We've been on with the Blind Handy Man for more than a year now. We've done ten Blind Like Me shows. We're having one little problem. You can help us with it. We always need guests for both shows, and we sometimes have a problem finding them. If you'd like to be a guest on either show, or you know someone who might make a good interview, email us at one of the following addresses. Blind Handyman, all one word, at hotmail.com, or Blind Like Me, all one word, at txucom.net. Also, if you have ideas for future shows, include them in your email. We look forward to hearing from you. And please tell your friends about the show. Thanks again from all of us at The Blind Handyman and Blind Like Me. You are listening to The Blind Handyman, the talk of the blind community. Our email address is blindhandyman at hotmail.com. If you would like to be part of the show, leave us a phone number and we will contact you soon. Now, here's more of today's show with Phil Parr. Thank you, Jack Gardner. Jack Gardner's in Reno, Nevada now, working at 7, doing production for 7 
radio stations in Reno, Nevada. Seven we, uh, we want to talk a little bit about uh, plumbing, and uh, since Don has just built a house, we're kind of uh, one of the subjects we've been talking about is stubbing up plumbing or bringing plumbing in the because the way they do it now, they pour the slab in the pipes, your sewer pipe, your your all your water pipes, your gas and everything. Well, not your gas. I guess my gas they is not in the not slab. They do not put gas in the slab. They do not put gas in the slab. But all the water uh, that comes to your house and all the sewer that leaves your house is in the slab. It, the, the slab is poured around these pipes. Well, in order to do that, they have to do what they call stub up the plumbing. In other words, they have to figure out where the water line is going to come in your house. They have to run it to the hot water tank. Then they run another line from the hot water tank that will go to all your sinks and wash basins and places where you're going to need hot water. They run uh, cold water, uh, regular water, to your to your laboratories, uh, to your sinks. So they, that all has to come up through the slab before they pour the slab because it, it, obviously once they do it, there'd be no way to get it in there. So a lot of pipes now come up through walls. They'll be in the slab. They'll come up in a wall and then come out of the wall and up to your to your uh, uh, sink, your laboratory, or whatever you happen to have, or up to your shower, or whatever you... So that all has to be done. Some pl- a plumber actually comes out after they build. We talked about building concrete forms, or building, uh, putting two-by-fours or two-by-eights around to hold the concrete in to make a smooth side on the concrete. Some guy, a plumber, comes out and actually stubs up the plumbing or puts the commode or the sink or the shower where it's supposed to be in your house. And they do this with very careful measurements and sometimes not too accurately. Is that right, uh, Mr. Mr. Patterson? That's what I've discovered. That's what you've discovered. They're building a house, and these guys missed a wall in your house, right? Well, they've missed. In other words, they were just off and uh, uh, probably uh, on one side of the house. And we have, you know, well, I guess we could start off, you know, with the process. The first thing they do is they'll come, they'll just pile dirt. Depending on the elevation of the, the your house, they're yeah. going to come and pile dirt. Then they run over it and pack it down with a tractor and rollers and all this stuff. And then the form setters come and they build your form. And then they and they get the dirt all flat and level. And then the plumber comes and he digs out his where where your plumbing's going to go. And sometimes the plumbing is kind of not, it's also, it's in the slab, but a lot of the main plumbing is under the slab. Is actually yeah. what it amounts to. I mean, concrete goes on top. And, of course, he is supposed to be looking at the same house plans that the form setter looked at, that the framer is going to use, and that, uh, you know, everybody else from the get-go is going to use that house. Everybody's supposed to use the same measurements. Yeah, and all like to be on the same page. theoretically, this guy is going to put up your... You're fitting, that's a flange, they call it, where your commode will sit, and it's supposed to be in the center of this little, like, say, for a commode that's in a little closet, a little isolated uh, area. It's supposed to be in the center. Well, there's really nothing to go by except good, accurate measurements in the plans. And uh, in, in our case, that on one side of the house, where you have, the like, the two sides, you have, the say, a couple of bedrooms and a bath. You could call it the guest area, since there's only my wife and I. Then on the other side, you have master bedroom and bath. And then we have a little half bath that's on that side of the house. And, then, of course, you, your kitchen is back on the other side with the two bedrooms and bath all tied. And so <clears throat> the, on, on the master 
bedroom and bath side of the house, the man is off. He's about a, a foot. It really is what it amounts to, off six or eight inches. And so I, uh, and so when the framer came after they poured the slab, then the framer went ahead and did his. Uh, this is kind of common procedure, I think. He, he's gone ahead and framed the house, and then the plumber will come back, and he is going to have to chip out concrete, and then move this plumbing. He's he's going to have to go through a four-inch slab. Of course, you've got metal in it now. Your metal rebarb and. And wire, you have your, your poly and screen, screen wire and you have polyethylene, your polyethylene yeah. and all yeah, that. He's going to have to get down in the dirt, Major back deal. to the dirt. Well, as it turns out, I, I, I really overreacted. I mean, my my wife and I just kind of really came unglued. But it's it's a common occurrence. Not all. I mean, not it's not that uncommon, and it's fixable. And what he'll use where he came up, he he will instead of going all the way down and cutting out like this his upright his his riser they would call it going from his uh, vertical pipe or horizontal pipe Coming where up he comes up side. vertically he won't go back all the way down to the horizontal pipe he will get this but the vertical pipe below the slab or there in the slab and he will use an offset they call it a 45 degree offset and he and actually he'll have to dig a hole in the concrete, but he will put this offset using the vertical riser where he came up, even though he was wrong. And then the offset will put the commode in the right spot. Ah. And so that's how he's going to fix now it. Okay, okay. And then you'll go down and then make a turn, so that'll right. be another. Uh, well, so you'll have another nice place for a clog. Well, yeah, <laughs> that'll but, be great. But, it, uh, but, but it, it'll be a forty-five degree, so it won't be a ninety. I mean, so it, it's really the chances, and you're talking four-inch pipe. Yeah. Uh, so the chances so, of that hurting anything? Or? Yeah, are not not that great. And so uh, anyway, they they can solve it. I could have solved this situation. Actually, he he was off the same amount in the in the entire area. And I sort of asked some of the builders in it years ago. Uh, even though I'm partially sighted, I used to do a little framing. I worked a couple of years as more a, like a helper, but I was around it. Yeah. And. Uh, and they they do they say in the me- I said you know if the guy was looking at the plans how did his measurements get off and they said well he probably did this what they call they burn a foot in other words instead of using the end of your tape measure hooking it on a board and and going the you'll have another person and he'll hold at the one foot mark rather than the end of your tape measure and I I, I don't know why except a lot of carpenters think that the the end of the tape is not as accurate or that little flag anyway. And they call that burning a foot, and that works all well. So, in other words, when the guy out on the other end is reading 29 feet, it's really 28 feet. And what they figure is they did this, and the plumber, they forgot to add back the foot. It's what it amounts to. Yeah, which put your wall on. Yeah. All right. uh, and so that that was their explanation. I mean, well, if you if you get a chance and you know somebody's building a house, go out and look at the plumbing, see how it's stubbed up, and see how that works. They all come up and they seal the top of them, and so no nothing can, can and then get they in, will, in there. Yeah, and then they'll yeah. put back the concrete, you yeah. know, like it was. They'll pour then, back so the concrete, and smooth it off, and we'll be happy. Uh, but uh, it was an interesting process. All right, we're out of time. This is show fifty. What four? 
54. We've done Almost it. Almost as old as you are. That's right. <laughs> gaining on you. Gaining on me. Good night. Uh, thank you so much, Don Shaw, Don Patterson, Tom Houston. Yes, sir. Appreciate yes, sir. you all coming and being with us. And uh, next week it'll be very interesting, but I won't be here. It will be. Uh, and you folks are going to do a show without me. We uh, are. The first we're one just going to show a picture of the empty a chair. picture of the empty all, chair. All during <laughs> the program we'll just show <laughs> a picture. I, I was going to give you permission to use my mic, but now I'm not. No. Uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Phil Parr. He said the blind man, you picked up his hammer and saw. The Blind Handyman is produced by Out of Market Productions. 1604 Southwood Drive, Lufkin, Texas. Phone 936-634-9500.